Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. We are rolling along here on the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. Thanks for hanging out with us on VSIN, the sports betting network, as well as welcoming in our DraftKings network audience. Alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony with you. Lots to cover as it pertains to conference championship weekend, two great games ahead on Sunday. And to help us dive in specifically to the San Francisco 49ers matchup, we bring in the one and only Matt Mayoko, 49ers insider. You can catch him on NBC Sports Bay Area. Been covering the team for years. And Matt, as the San Francisco Francisco 49er fan, I have 8,000 questions for you. So we're going to see what we can fit into I'll 11 step minutes. I'll aside, Stormy. You just, I'll step aside. You just go after it, Stormy. Tell him. Well, I, I think, Michael, I think it's probably good that Stormy's heart rate is probably back to normal. I, I was afraid we are going to yeah. lose her on Saturday night. Oh, there's, yeah, there's no question. You. I was in... I was very worried about her because every time I say their defense isn't playing as well, I can feel her cringe over there on the other side. <laughs> and it, it breaks my heart to do it, but I just try to say it. Well, here's the thing, Matt. The number of times that Michael brought up with me last week that the 49ers when trailing <laughs> by five or more points in the fourth yeah. quarter were 0 for 30, that, you know, that didn't make me feel great entering the fourth quarter no. of that game against Green Bay. But you no, tell and me. I noticed, they put, I noticed they flashed that up on the screen right as yeah. the fourth quarter was starting, too. Didn't make me feel great. But, but listen, you tell me, because you're around these players all the time. You know their personality. How are they taking in a win like that? Like, are they in the locker room saying, wow, we really dodged a bullet. This is a wake-up call type of a game. Let's push it forward. Or is it one where they're kind of calm and collected and feeling confident that they handled business on that final drive the way that really good teams do? How are they taking this in? Well, I guess a little bit of both. I mean, one of the, the kind of the themes that emerged after the game, a lot of different guys, including Christian McCaffrey, were talking about how that was a character win, that uh, they they were challenged. They they did not play well. The 49ers did not play well in any phase of the game. But kind of the crazy part of it was that every phase of the game made at least one play that they could not have won the game without. And so it's for them to... Uh, it seemed like it had been you know two months since they had last played a, a game, and in fact the Packers had three wins since the 49ers last experienced a victory. So 
you know, Packers were coming in hot. Um, I don't think there was any kind of like underestimating the Packers, but it certainly looked like the 49ers were a little bit rusty. Uh, what What is certain is they weren't sharp, and I think they feel like you know they won one of those um, grimy, gritty types of games that they haven't been able to win in the past, or at least they haven't won this season. So they, they kind of pushed through it. They got the win, but let's face it they are going to have to play a heck of a lot better to get past the lions because, you know, most teams, whenever you don't play your a game in the postseason, you're packing your bags and you're going home and you're making vacation plans. The 49ers, I think are fortunate to be playing another week. Matt, let's start defensively. I mean, I know everybody blames Brock Purdy when anything goes wrong in San Francisco. There's no objectivity when it comes to evaluating the poor player. But what's the feeling in the building about why this defense isn't really, when you look at them numerically, isn't coming at the same level, and they've added Hargrave, they've added Chase Young. Like, you would expect them to take over games and – they haven't done it as far as I've seen it the second half of the season. I would agree with you. I, I think that the pass rush should be a lot better than it is. It should be more disruptive. The run defense should be better. And I think a lot of it early on or, you know, the last month people pointed to, well, they don't have Eric Armstead in the middle. After the game against Philadelphia, Armstead exited the lineup with foot and knee issues, and he could have come back week 18 if they needed him, but they decided you know, they didn't need him because they already had the number one seed wrapped up. But I think a lot of people thought that that would be kind of the, the, the antidote where, okay, Armstead's back. He ties up the middle. It's going to be tough to run between the tackles with him alongside Javon Hargrave. He'll bring a little bit more juice to the pass rush. But that didn't happen. You know, the run defense hasn't been good. Uh, the pass rush has been very inconsistent, uh, bordering on not good as well. They didn't have any sacks. And, and Nick Bosa, though, he did, Bosa did have an impact. You know, even though he didn't have any sacks, I think he had five hits on the quarterback. And, and he was the one chasing Jordan Love as he threw that ill-advised pass across his body to the middle of the field that Dre Greenlaw picked off to, to end the game. But, you know, I think we could probably go through just about every aspect of this team and point to an area where they must improve to finish the job. But I, I, I agree with you, Michael. I mean, the run defense, the, the pass defense, it all has to get better um, or else – they're going to have, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a party in, in Detroit uh, Sunday night if the 49ers play like they did against the Packers. When it comes to the pass defense, a colleague of ours, uh, Mike Pritchard here at VEASAN, he was saying Highway 20 is going to be open ahead of the Packers yeah. game. And boy, was it. Just target Ambry Thomas and get the P.I. call. That was driving me personally insane for the game. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about the offense because a big question, obviously, this week is the health of Debo Samuel. And we know the impact that he has had on that offense when he's been available and when he's not. What's the latest from your understanding and – the difference of this offense with or without him? Well, it's, it's pretty noticeable. I mean, it, you know, they have game, you know, they game plan for certain ways to get Debo Samuel the ball and different ways to use him and lining him, him up all over the formation, including in the backfield. In fact, I don't know if you remember, well, I'm sure you do stormy the, the very first play of the third quarter, uh, four years get the opening the kickoff to open the second half. Um, 
and the first play was a running play to Juwan Jennings that left everybody scratching their head. Well, that was just a complete mix-up where the play call went in with the wrong wristband, and because Juwan Jennings was in Debo Samuel's position, he's the one who lined up in the backfield and and took the handoff. So it was a complete mix-up. But that's the kind of things that happen Mm -hmm. when Debo Samuel is not out there. So my understanding is it's not a fractured shoulder. He had a hairline fracture back in week six, and he missed the second half of that game against the Browns. Then the two next games, they had a bye week, and then he was back, and the 49ers went on a six-game winning streak with Debo Samuel playing a large role in that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would be very surprised, I think, if there's nothing like structurally wrong that can't be worsened. I guess it, it can be worsened, but if there's no fracture, I mean, I think Debo Samuel plays. I, and I don't know what they have to do to, to get him ready, to get out there. I know he was still extraordinarily sore yesterday. They were hoping to get him on the practice field. They were hoping to, to have a better idea Wednesday, Thursday, Friday when the 49ers practice today, they're off. But, I mean, I would think because the, the x-ray came back negative that he will be he will find a way to be on the field Sunday evening. Uh, Matt, I just read that both that the 49ers have two other offensive coaches are going to interview for the offensive coordinator job down in New Orleans. Is that yeah. happening this week or will they wait till next week? I think it already happened. My my, oh. my impression impression is that uh, maybe that's already happened. Um, and so, yeah, so you're talking about Clint Kubiak and also Brian Greasy, two guys who aren't coordinators. One's quarterback coach, Brian Greasy, second year with the team. Clint Kubiak has been an offensive coordinator with Minnesota and with Denver. He's uh, His title is special, uh, passing game specialist. Uh, so, yeah, it's my understanding that those those interviews have already happened. So, I mean, that's part of the deal. You know, the, every team, I think, you know, the Lions have had assistant coaches interviewing. Both of their coordinators are up for – for head coaching jobs. So, I mean, you, you know, as well as anyone, Michael, it's, it's all part of the, the thing this time of season. And I think, honestly, I think some coaches, it distracts them. Others are able to, to manage it pretty well and, and do their duties while also, you know, kind of having their mind somewhere else. So yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting situation, but yeah, my guess is without, without knowing this, but I would think that every team remaining, is in a similar situation with either uh, coaches looking elsewhere or being courted elsewhere for either head coaching opportunities or offensive coordinator jobs. Well, and speaking of distractions, uh, a headline that kind of went under the radar throughout the week was the Brock Purdy comments to ESPN about Kyle Shanahan wanting to bring in Tom Brady this past offseason. It only started making the rounds over the last 24 hours. What did you make of, of that report and what it could mean for Brock Purdy potentially moving forward? Uh, yeah, I don't think it means anything for Brock okay. Purdy moving forward. Good. I think what it what it meant was, you know, last year it was basically like, Hey, look, Brock, it's your job unless, unless Miss America, you know, shows up <laughs> at our doorstep. Yeah. I, I think that's <laughs> the way it was, you know, I mean, I think, you know, the 49ers have had opportunities in the past, you know, to get Tom Brady. Um, and I think they regret every previous opportunity they had to get him. 
And remember, I think, you know, when those comments were made, when, when Kyle Shanahan, who is, is brutally honest, I mean, that's why his players really like playing for him is he will tell them exactly what's going on. I believe when those comments were made from Shanahan to Purdy, Purdy had not even had his surgery yet. So there was no indication of, of how that elbow surgery was going to come out. Uh, at that point, the 49ers weren't even certain he'd be ready for the start of the regular season. But as it turned out, he got cleared before the first day of training camp. And and then we saw how he, he played once he got on the field uh, during the season. But I, yeah, I, I, the, the, way, the way I read it was that, hey, look, you're the guy unless something crazy happens. So I think it was more more or less Kyle Shanahan kind of covering his bases just to let him know where he stood and, and it was almost kind of a, a vote of confidence. This was great. Thank you so much for the time. Appreciate you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Right, sorry, Appreciate Michael. you. Thank you. That's Matt Mayoko doing great stuff with NBC Sports Bay Area. I've been covering the Niners forever. And I think that nugget that he said about Debo Samuel, he thinks with there not being structural damage, he will play is significant. We got plenty more coming up here on the Lombardi Line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you haven't already, make sure you check out the new vsin.com website today. Adam Burke's got best bets in college hoops. Our NBA analyst, JVT, has a breakdown of tonight's action in the association. Plus, picks and predictions for conference championship weekend in the National Football League. Check it out today vcin.com and do you hear that in the distance i think it might be a no way or no doubt roll it steph do you disagree with these takes no way uh-uh no way or do you approve oh no doubts no doubts no doubt my mind no diggity no doubt it's time to ask michael lombardi no way or no doubt 
to get into some of the big news in the National Football League, starting yeah. with the fact that former Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan is reportedly expected to be named the new head coach in Tennessee. Let's push this toward his new quarterback in Will Levis. No way or no doubt, second-year second year QB Will Levis will benefit greatly from Callahan and his QB pedigree. What do you think? Well, no doubt he'll benefit from having an offensive coach and a change of offense. The fact that we know Derrick Henry won't be back, right? Mm. And so they're going to change what they do. We're going to see the ten. We're going to see the Cincinnati Bengals style of offense come to Tennessee, which is going to be a radical difference from what we saw before. They were a play-action pass, run team, run team, run Henry, run Henry. Now they're going to be a spread team. They don't have Jamar Chase. They don't have T. Higgins. They could. They sign Higgins as a free agent. Certainly, that would make some sense. So, yeah, this is no doubt that it's going to help Levis. And we're going to find out if he's good enough. Yeah, and it would be pretty cool, too, if he was able to bring in his dad, the offensive line coach from the Cleveland Browns, who's done a great job. And I've seen some rumors, too, potentially maybe Liam Liam Cohen could be a name. He was Levis's offensive coordinator yeah. at Kentucky, his best year by far in college, former Rams OC as well. So we shall see as he starts to put his staff together. How about this one? One team that is no longer, unfortunately, in the 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 billing for a Super Bowl this year, although we thought that they would be, the Buffalo Bills. How about this? No way or no doubt, Sean McDermott deserves the most blame for this divisional round loss. What do you think? I think it's a combination. No way it's just Sean Sean. I, I think the structure of the team is wrong. I mean, for some reason, we act like the Bills have won four Super Bowls and McDermott's led them there. Like, they gave up 5.1 yards per rush last year against a backup offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals and a team that didn't want to run the ball. This year, well, we were hurt. I mean, at some point, are you going to play good football in the month of December, January, when it's cold? Can you play well when it's up there? Think if you watch that game and you're objective, if you watch the tape, the all 22, of that game. The Buffalo Bills got pushed around and their tackles were horrible. You could talk about Ed Oliver being a top 10 tackle all you want. Watch that tape. You know, Daquan Jones wasn't the same player. Maybe he's still injured. Tim Settle, no chance. So I think Brendan Bean needs to take some responsibility here as well. Yeah, Kansas City seemed to move the ball at will throughout the course of that game. So with that, the Chiefs are still in the running. They are looking to repeat as Super Bowl champs if they can. No way or no doubt, Michael, this Kansas City Chiefs offense has resolved their issues. Well, they've redefined themselves. Their issues will come back against a better team. But against a team like Buffalo, which got no production from the defensive line, I don't think they've resolved all their issues. There is a kind of an in-between here. There is no doubt they have, but there's no way they have as well. So we're kind of in the middle. Look, they, they did... Mahomes, there's no doubt Mahomes has changed who he is. He's no longer trying to hold the ball, not throwing it up the field. He's taking the profits. He's gone back to being the quarterback that he needs to be to help them win games. And that's a huge thing for them offensively. Defensively now, just so we're clear, there's no way they're going to be able to contain this Baltimore run game if they play run defense like they did last week. Chris Jones is not the same player he was early playing way too high almost looks like now that I've got my incentives I'm not the same guy he's gonna have to turn it up a notch 
Yeah, tough opponent for sure. They are getting three and a half where things sit right now. The second straight week, Kansas City has been an underdog. You don't hear that very often, especially in the playoffs. Let's go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who really exceeded a lot of people's expectations with the performance they did this year, winning the NFC South and then making it to the divisional round with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. Mike Evans also his contract with the Bucks expiring. The Buccaneers need to do whatever it takes to get Baker and Mike Evans back next season. No way or no doubt, Michael. No way. No way. Because, you know, they, they had them both this year and, you know, they were nine and eight. They got in great for them, but they have other issues they need to fix as well. They need the quarterback. If Baker wants to get paid like a top five player, no way you do that. And Mike Evans is a good player, but there's moments where he's not. He kind of on the other side of it. Uh, it's got to be the right deal for both of them. You know where I'd love to see Mike Evans? The Kansas City Chiefs. I think that would be pretty, pretty cool. Um, okay, Brock Purdy in the 49ers, Michael. No way or no doubt. They can't win without Debo Samuel. What do you think? No way. No, 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 no way. They can win without Debo. They're better with Debo, there's no question, but no one player controls the fate of your team if he's not the quarterback. You can do that. Now, he's unique, no question, but they have enough uniqueness with what they do offensively. It's just going to mean that Ayuk is going to have to raise his play. McCaffrey's going to have to raise his play. You put McCaffrey in the slot, all of a sudden he becomes their best slot receiver on the field. Uh, there's no way it's just one player. And by the way, as we spoke to Matt Mayoko, 49ers insider, moments ago, he said he believe, he would find it hard to believe that Debo would not play if there really is no structural damage to that shoulder. So good sign for 49ers fans if that is the case. Um, Juwan Jennings, by the way, did step up pretty well as the game went on. He had five catches for 61 yards, including four first downs in the game. The Green Bay Packers, who the 49ers just narrowly escaped this past weekend in the divisional round, will be an NFC powerhouse for years to come with that young group they have, Michael. No way or no doubt. No way right now. I mean, there's a lot of discussion going on internally in the Green Bay building about Joe Barry. Are they going to bring Joe Barry back? And there has not been any resolution to that. I think there's some people there that believe they should make a change. I think there's some people, Matt LaFleur, that doesn't want to make a change. And for them to become the team to beat the dynasty, they're going to need to get better on defense. They're going to have to get Matt LaFleur to stop thinking like a play caller and start thinking like a head coach and do what's the right thing for his team, not what's the right thing for him in terms of his friendship with Joe Barry. How about your boy, Bill Belichick? The Atlanta Falcons are an odds-on favorite on DraftKings to land him as their next head coach, but we know they're going through the process. There's other candidates that they're bringing in. No way or no doubt, Michael, Bill Belichick to the Falcons is not a done deal. Uh, no doubt it's not done. I mean, I think there's a lot of movement. I think Bill Simmons reported this in the New York Post yesterday. I'm, look, there's a lot of people that, that want to keep their jobs in Atlanta. They want to they be mediocre forever. And they're going to fight to bring somebody in who's going to bring change. People are resistant to change. You know, Eric Shaninsky of the United States Army used to say, if you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance even less. Well, that happens in the NFL. You end up liking the irrelevance even less. I'm not sure the Falcons are at the irrelevance point, right? When they get there, they would automatically hire Belichick. Right now, 
they're not there yet. Eventually, like the 49ers, when they went through Thomas Sula and Kelly, they got to that irrelevance point and they hired mm. Kyle Shanahan and gave, and that was over within two seconds. Why this doesn't get done quickly to me is beyond it, but you can see why there's resistance within the building. Interesting. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles demoted during the season. Their defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, brought in Matt Patricia. Both of them are out the door now. And former Commanders head coach Ron Rivera is interviewing for the gig. No way or no doubt Rivera would be a good fit for the Eagles DC position. No way. I mean, look, Ron's a nice guy getting interviewed. Like, I haven't seen Ron coach in 13 years. <laughs> He's, you know, set three winning seasons. Like, they had a top five defense last year that got worse. Now, you know, would he be a voice of reason? Would he be somebody to help become, help kind of calm down their head coach? But as a tactician, right? When you're the head coach, you're the strategist and the tactician. When you're the coordinator, you're just a tactician. I don't see that role for for him. Okay. I, I knew that was the answer, and I just needed some no ways in this one this year. Uh, how about this? This year's Super Bowl winner, regardless of what happens this weekend, is coming out of the AFC, no way or no doubt. I think there's no doubt it will. Really? Yeah, I think Baltimore's the best team. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I know that sounds – now, do I think that – you know, if it's San Francisco, KC, I, I, I like – I, I like San Francisco in that matchup, but if Baltimore beats KC, I like Baltimore in that matchup. And I'm jumping ahead of myself. I understand that. No, I feel like no matter what, it's going to be a nightmare situation for me because either we get the rematch from the 2020 Super Bowl that I just can't get out of my head and pains me, or we get the Ravens who kicked the 49ers' tail on Christmas Day, embarrassed them, and look like the most dangerous team in the league right now. So... I don't like it either way. I'm just going to, you know, prayers up, hope for the best. Uh, we're going to wrap things up when we come back here on the Lombardi line. Boy, this show has gone fast. Don't go anywhere. Stick around. We got plenty more to come. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's an Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash you'll get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you as we rejoin here on the Lombardi line. And Michael... Listen, I thought that me and you were friends. I thought we had a good <laughs> thing going. Um, and what, then what I do now? Then I go to vcin.com this morning, and the headline I see right in front of my face is Detroit's Keys to NFL Success by Michael Lombardi. You write a whole article well, about how good the Lions I have been. I didn't write it. I, I wrote an article. That I guess that you know they have to kind of put some things in there to lure people in to read the article. But what I wrote about was – Let's slam the brakes a little bit on Detroit. I know there's euphoria in Detroit and well-deserved, and I'm happy for it. But they could easily have lost to the Rams, and they could easily have lost to the Bucks. We talked about it yesterday. What team was most vulnerable? And I said, well, I, I, I thought it was the Lions. And then when you go back and watch the tape of the game, and I thought what Anthony said from Action Network said earlier is true. They, they are timely in what they do, timely in getting sacks, timely in getting negative plays. But teams have moved the ball up and down the field on them, up and down the field. They've been outgained in both games, right? They've been outgained. They scored three points in the second half of the first game and still won, right? 
And they've done a great job of playing red zone, playing really good on third down, 33% on third down defense. So they've done a great job there. And what they've really done a great job is closing the game out, right? They, mm -hmm. I, get, I call them the Mariana Rivera of the NFL <laughs> right now. They're able to close it out because the first game against the Rams, they took chances, got the first down. This game against the Bucks, you know, they scored that touchdown to make it 31-20-17. If they would have settled for a field goal there, they could have gotten beat. They didn't. So then they come right back down the field, give up a touchdown. And now they got to burn four minutes off the clock, and they get two and a half minutes off, and they get two first downs, and they pin them back, make it a long field. So they're really good at being able to close games out with a defense that is a liability, let's be clear. Yeah, they've, they've been able to find ways despite not looking like the better team. And I think that's an interesting thing about Detroit as a whole, right? Like we talk about that, that city being a gritty type of a team. We talk about their head coach and Dan Campbell being that tough, um, tough guy and, and teams taking on the personalities of their coaches. Something interesting I thought reading through the article was you talked about their identity and having a coach that gave them an identity, a GM that brought in players to fit that mold, and then a staff that makes those guys better. Can you explain a little bit more why that identity that this team has evolved into having has been maybe more important than some of those things on the stat sheet at times? You know, because when they get pushed back, they fight back. They don't fold. They're not the Cowboys, which take the path of least resistance. They fight back. Mm. You know, they give up, a, you know, they give up, they let the team come back at the end of the half, you know, make it a closer game. They fight back in the second half. The same thing with the Rams play really good. They're a mentally and physically tough team. And that comes from their leadership. That comes from, that comes from Campbell, who I, I honestly admitted that I didn't think this rah-rah, this up-tempo drink 27 Starbucks was going to work. <laughs> But, but his personality has transcended itself into his team, and his team's tough. Now, they got a really good offensive line. That helps. Their defensive line is physical and big. They can play the run. They didn't play it well last week, but typically they play the run. So their front seven is big. you got to move them around. San Francisco will create a horizontal space game, which will cause some real problems for the Lions. The Lions are similar to the Patriots in the sense they want big linebackers and they have big defensive linemen. And when you spread them out, Kyle has always been very good at spreading the field horizontally out of base formations and creating really space and areas where those linebackers have to run and cover. When you play a team like Buffalo, who's playing little linebackers, spreading them out is what they want you to do, right? They, they can cover area. Where Andy Reid, he packed all the formations in last week because he wanted them to have to run with the players, and Klein couldn't do it, and none of them really could. So he, he can attack them, but... The weak point is the secondary. They can attack this secondary, but this team won't give up. They're not going to quit. They're not going to go away. You know, I, I thought the only game that I really saw them retreat on was the Chicago game when they when Chicago uh, in Week 14. Chicago kind of had control. Uh, the, it's a close game. It was cold, and then Chicago makes they jumped off sides. They thought it was a no play, and they throw the touchdown pass, and the game kind of ended there. But they're resilient. They really are. They're going to fight back. 
They're resilient and they've had a lot of success in the underdog role. I mentioned it earlier when the Lions are getting at least four points, they're 16 and four against the spread, but they've only won five of those games outright. And since Dan Campbell has been their head coach, uh, since 2021 with Dan Campbell as their head coach, they've been the best cover team in the NFL, uh, 13 and six ATS this season. They're five and one ATS their last six. This is the largest underdog role they've been in all season long. And so I keep hearing a lot of smart people that are saying that they, they like the Lions this week. They like getting the full touchdown. They like the seven. I know a lot of people from the public persona and standpoint have looked at the final scores of these games and seen the Lions winning versus San Francisco and Brock Purdy struggles a week ago. The public's going to buy in on the Lions. Yet we've seen this number go from six and a half to seven. And I, I wonder if it could reach seven and a half and get over that key number. I don't know. We'll see if it keeps on going back and forth. But as far as the number sitting right now, do you have a, a lean one way or another? I know we think it's going to be high scoring, but could it be a one score game? You know, I, I think the Niners will play really well, and I think the Niners' defense will play much better. I, I, I think they'll be able to get some pressure on Goff. Goff has won one game in San Francisco in his career. You have to go back to 2018 when he won that game. He's thrown 17 touchdown passes, seven interceptions against the team. But the one thing the Niners have done against Goff is they've limited his down-the-field throws. He averages 6.44 in the games that he's played against San Francisco when he was with the Rams and one game when he was with the Lions. So without that big play and getting him to hold the ball and getting him uncomfortable is going to be the key to the game. And if they do that and they, they're going to, one thing you know Kyle Shanahan's got to be saying to himself, and it's only Tuesday, but we got to keep scoring, fellas. Yeah. Like If we get a lead of 14, we're going to have to make it 21. Like They're not going away, and they have the ability to catch up and they can come from behind. They're very good offensively, and we're going to have to play our best. So I, I, I lean today on a Tuesday to lay in the points. I really do. I know it's chalky, but for me, I, I think this when the reason the book and the, the professional bettors are moving this number back to seven is because the numbers – tell you that this defense isn't playing well. The numbers tell you they could have lost to either one of those two teams. Yeah. And, you know, McVay moved the ball effortlessly against them. He just couldn't put it in the end zone. And we will get your official pick later on in the week. We'll have a full show Sunday to give our breakdown before each of these conference championship games go. But that is good to know that the lean is with San Francisco. And that's how I feel, feel as well. I said it yesterday. I think that this team had the wake-up call that they needed, and they're going to win by double digits. I just I feel like I am in complete agreement that they're going to put their foot down on the pedal when every chance they have an opportunity to score, they're going to capitalize, unlike the Rams did in the red zone in that first matchup of the postseason for Detroit. Um, last couple of minutes here before we have to hit the break, there was a report, and we discussed it briefly earlier, but that Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers are in, quote, striking distance of getting a deal done. What does striking distance mean, Michael? I don't know. I don't know. I really it, striking distance means to me that it we think it's going to happen. We're not sure it's going to happen, but if it does happen, we want to be able to say we're right. That, <laughs> that, that's the only thing I could think of. Like, or we're first. You know, it's mm -hmm. like we are this. We're in this complete. Uh, we want to be first in everything we talk about. So, I, I, for me, I, I don't really know what that means. But I do know that if the deal – look, it's got to be the right deal for Jim. I don't think Jim's out there 
thinking it's, you know, it's got to be, you know, he'll take any deal. No, I think it's got to be the right deal. Same thing with Belichick. Guys that have been successful and have run their own programs before, I think they understand that it, the culture, if it's not perfect for them, is something they can't get into. How big of a disappointment would it be at this point if Harbaugh to the Chargers did not happen? Well, I think there's so many candidates out there. I think the disappointment would be if the Chargers had to settle for a non-head coach, offensive coach. Guy's never been a head coach before. If they went down that road, then I would say, wait a minute. You, you, you know, you had a chance to hire Vrabel, Harbaugh, Belichick, and you're settling on pick a name? I think that would be – then all of a sudden it would be disappointing. I think the Chargers want to make this happen because I think at the end of the day – I think the Chargers have some family issues they need to resolve, and resolving them, if they have to sell the team, looks a hell of a lot better if Jim Harbaugh's your coach. Remember, Parcells became the coach of the Patriots because they were going to be sold. The, they were sold while he was the coach. Ownership is a, a whole different animal, isn't it? Oh, we're going to hit the break here. Yeah. When we come back, Producer Steph has put together some very interesting prop opportunities. Right number, or do you get the wrong number? We'll be right back on the Lombardi Line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the postseason electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any of the games and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSIN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, that code VSIN, V-S-I-N, the crown is yours. And we're going to close things out today with a segment we're calling, sorry, you've got the wrong number. And usually when it's a wrong number, I just block it and move on. But in this case, we want to see, Michael, if odds makers have dialed up the right number for these props or if you think it's off base. Let's start 
with Travis Kelsey. His receiving yards prop sitting at 61 and a half right now. He's gone over this number in both of the playoff games, 71 yards, 75 so far. And he ended his touchdown drought on Sunday, put two of them in the end zone. So right number or do we get the wrong number on Travis Kelsey? I think it's the wrong number. I think it's too high. Oh. I think they'll definitely <laughs> I think they'll definitely do a good job of taking him out of the game. Uh I think to me uh they will do really they will have a good matchup whether they put Kyle Hamilton or somebody on him, but I think there's pretty clear that Mike McDonald is going to force Mahomes to have to go somewhere else with the football. I mean, the, the, really, when you break it down, A.J. Klein on a sale route trying to run with Kelsey out of a split backfield didn't work. Then they got into a bunch formation, and he ran a sale route, and they blew the coverage. I think they were playing cover three. The, the corner never squeezed on it. Easy touchdown. I mean, I, I think to me that that tape didn't say, oh, my, oh, my. <laughs> Kelsey's back to his old ways. I mean, he's still a good player. But I think that they can cover them. FYI, we just had breaking news. Stormy, I know we don't cover basketball. We opened up the show to begin with. But the Milwaukee Bucks have fired Adrian Griffin, their uh -huh. head basketball coach, according to Wojo. Classic example, Stormy, of you sign this star player and the star player's not what you thought. Who gets to go? Dang, that's crazy. Where's JVT when we need him? I know. But you're see, this is good though, Michael, because you're big into the NBA. I, I start following it after this week. Once we get to the Pro Bowl, I'm like, okay, I got nothing better to do. I'm gonna dive into the NBA and get ready for the impending playoffs. But I haven't been paying as much attention this year. Milwaukee, I, I know hasn't been as good as everyone expected, but I'm surprised that they would make a midseason move. Well, they're playing poorly defensively, you know, and a lot of it is to, to their inability. They gave up a lot of assets to get Lillard. It's the classic NBA where they get that one star player and, you know, and, and it doesn't translate. You know, they don't they, they're even though they're second in the East, they're four, they're three and a half games behind the Celtics. But, you know, the 76 are closing on them and they haven't been very good on the road. They're 11 and nine on the road. They haven't been a very good defensive team. And I think to me, you know, a, Griffith is going to, he's going to take the fall for it. And when you get a star player like they had in Lillard and you're wondering why you're not winning, you know, it's not going to be the player's fault in the NBA. We know that. And with that, by the way, we already have reports now from Sham Sharania and Chris Haynes that Doc Rivers has emerged as a serious candidate to be the Bucks' next head coach, a man you are very familiar with. Yeah, I mean, Doc's been doing the Bill Simmons podcast. I don't know what he's going. You know, what's he going to do now? If, you know, if he gives up, gives up that gig. You know, I I don't know. I think to me, uh, you know, I'm sure Doc wants to coach, and Doc has coached a lot of. These are the kind of teams Doc can coach, where you don't have to develop young players. You know, you can just kind of work your way back through there. The Bucks, the third shot on the board to win an NBA championship this year. Celtics, a three to one favorite, followed by the Nuggets at plus four twenty-five, and the Bucks at four seventy-five. But um, you'll get your full fill coming up, I'm sure, on later programming of Vsin for our NBA experts. And like you said, JVT, the Hardwood Handicappers podcast, get the full lowdown from that standpoint. For us, we will get back to the National Football League. And yes, uh, as we were talking about, sorry Travis, for the interruption. It's all right, I'll allow it. Just this one time, Michael. No, just kidding. It's your show. You can literally talk about whatever you want to but with with Travis Kelsey no my one thing that I would say is does playoff Kelsey not feel different to you than regular season Kelsey like every year he finds ways to deliver yeah. in critical moments 
Well, I think playoff Kelsey, and I think you're right on that. I mean, look, they, they have changed their offense, right? They've changed what they're doing, and they're trying to utilize him. They're no longer keeping him in protection. The offensive line has played better. Remember when he was frustrated in the Raider game, he got all mad through his helmet because he was in protection, you know, and they couldn't block the edges of the Raiders. Now they block the edges of Buffalo really well, and I think Andy's gone back to his – kind of his old offense a little bit. There's the, you know, it's like the old West Coast. They've got, you know, he's under center. They're running the football a little bit more than they have in the past. It's really Pacheco's style of offense right now. To me, the Pacheco overtotals are what is is probably driving Mike McDonald crazy because (laughs) when he's in the game, he's a threat. And now we saw him last week run a shallow cross. He's running routes. They're going to find different ways to get him the football. Remember, McKinnon wasn't in the game last week. Yeah, his receiving yards for Isaiah Pacheco, that is sitting at 17 and a half yards. And the, if, if for no other reason for, for Travis Kelsey to have a big day, let it be so that we can see more Jason Kelsey drinking and with his shirt off because that was hysterical. <laughs> like, what an American treasure that man is. Whether he's retired or yeah. not, he's enjoying the offseason. Well, I mean, look, he's not – I mean, what he's doing is he's creating an incredible brand for himself. Yeah. I mean, he's probably got – all the networks competing over him because uh-huh. they want to take that personality and put it on television. So I, I think if he wasn't, you know, now look, he's in that box. I thought what he did was with that little girl and letting her come up and see Taylor yeah. Swift was tremendous. Yeah, that was awesome. He's, he's definitely a good dude. Anytime you take care of, to me, when you take care of dogs and kids, you, you, you know, you're going to win me over. Speaking of dogs, unfortunately, Ugga, the, the Georgia Bulldog, oh. passed away today, oh. 10 years old. Man, heartbreaking. I hate to be bad news. Yeah. yeah. Why, yeah. And why his, are you doing and his this sleep. To me? In his sleep. I mean, look, you know, even bulldogs go in their sleep. I, yeah, it's a good way to go, though, Stormy. I was going to say, at least he went peacefully and he went having a couple national yeah. championships along the way. So we'll miss you, Ugga. R.I.P. Let's go. He, he, took the, he took the program as far as he could take it. <laughs> uh, let's go to the other side, though, of that AFC championship and Lamar Jackson. His anytime touchdown prop yeah. is only, Michael, only plus 105. And I know that he had two rushing touchdowns last week, but... Believe it or not, he hadn't scored one since week seven before then on the ground. Should we be getting a better number for this? Right number or wrong number? I think it's the right number because I think they're going to try to keep him. You know, he's the threat to run. Last week, the reason nobody, the reason the number was a little different was, and the reason he hadn't scored is because people don't want to engage in man-to-man because they know if they don't tackle him coming out, he's going to score. He's going to run it, right? And, you know, D'Amico Ryan's decided to change the style of play. Granted, good for him, right? They, they kind of played well in the first half when they did, but when they had to go back to it and they adapted, it wasn't there, and then Lamar took off. So I think it's the right number. I think somebody else is going to have to score against the Kansas City Chiefs in the red zone. And to be fair, Josh Allen um, scored three rushing touchdowns in two games this year against Kansas City. So if Lamar Jackson does want to use his legs in those situations, all right. But plus 105, I just want more for an anytime touchdown. Now, Brock Purdy is calling. Hello, do we have the right number or is it the wrong number to go (laughs) over 274 and a half passing yards? He hasn't hit that number in four straight games, but it is the Detroit Lions and we know their pasty is susceptible. If weather is fine, and all indications it appears that's the case, then he's going over this. They're going to throw the football. Everybody does. Now, they got to protect. they got to block Hutchinson, right? they got Trent Williams. They're going to block one side. they got these guards. The biggest problem with the 49ers are their inside players didn't play well last week. Mm. 
they got to play well. But if he does, he's over. They're going to complete passes. I mean, Kyle's going to dial it up. Remember, Aaron Glenn was in New Orleans, right? So it's the Dennis Allen system that they're running there in, in, in Detroit. And, and Kyle knows it well. He's played it a lot. You know, now they don't have team speed. And like I said earlier, when Kyle can create the horizontal matchups where spacing, where you can't really, you're going to stay in base. If you stay in base and he spreads you out, you got problems. So again, that prop number 274 and a half, it is juice minus 115 to the over. His over one and a half touchdowns juice minus 195. But where you are getting a plus money price is completions 21 and a half do you think based on what we're talking about that 21 and a half is a good number to go over yeah i'm going over that i'd run to the window on that one yeah he's going to complete more than 21 passes 22 pass he's going to get 22 pass there's too many easy throws Mm. and if the again if the weather because i think the weather affected him i think he didn't handle the slippery ball he's got small hands you know i didn't think he handled the ball well Look, the guy, the guy is a good player. I don't know why we just don't want to give the kid credit. He's a good player. He had bad games. I mean, everybody – Mahomes had a bad game on Thanksgiving, Christmas Day. Did you see – It happens. I was now, say, I'm not comparing him to Mahomes. Sure. I was just going to say, did you see the quote from Debo Samuel, um, uh, like regarding some of the hate that he's been getting? Ryan Clark was saying a lot of stuff on, on Get Up, but he said, never seen so much hate for a quarterback that led the league in almost everything. Every category, y'all yeah. folks it's be unbelievable. bugging. <laughs> it's I'm with un- you, it's unbelievable, and, and yet nobody wants to give him credit because he was Mr. Irrelevant. It's sad. I think a lot of it is is everybody wanted Trey Lance to be the guy and not Purdy. Yeah, he he wasn't the guy. Move on. He's a third string in Dallas now because of it. Uh, awesome stuff, Michael. We'll see you later. Thanks, Stormy. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.